Welcome to Not Your Mother's Menopause, Making Hormones Make Sense, with Dr. Fiona Lovely. Dr. Lovely is an expert on health, treating women and their families from around the world. Her specialities include endocrinology, functional neurology, and functional medicine. Please visit us at drlovely.com. And now, here's the doctor. Hi, listeners. How are you doing today? Dr. Fiona Lovely here with you. And I thought I'd take the opportunity today to talk about the thyroid gland. Uh, This is a gland that's rather misunderstood uh, the importance of it and the system-wide effects of its health or disease, if you will. And it's something that I get asked a lot in my office, so I thought I'd take the opportunity uh, to talk about it a little bit. So the thyroid gland is a is the largest of the endocrine glands, and it actually sits in such a place uh, where it's at the base of your neck, kind of exactly where a man would tie a, a tie is where the thyroid gland sits. It's uh, it's about the shape and size of a large butterfly, so it has lobes, and. Um, its job really primarily is to produce uh, energy for the cells. But it also plays a huge effect on brain chemistry and um, processing of carbohydrates, proper functioning of muscles, sexual function development, certainly your periods, the regularity of them, and uh, the health of them is controlled by the thyroid in part. Cardiovascular uh, function or your heart function is controlled by thyroid in part, digestion, uh, cholesterol management, and also bone growth and management. Actually, in terms of bones, there are two, uh, four actually, uh, glands that are embedded inside the thyroid gland, the tissue of the thyroid gland. They're called parathyroids, and their job is to bring calcium uh, out of the tissues, specifically the bones, and into the blood as fuel for the heart muscle. So overall, thyroid gland, incredibly important uh, gland. And, you know, it works really intimately with the adrenal glands, which we talked about in the last podcast, uh, and the stress function uh, or stress management system that includes the uh, adrenal glands. But also, we're learning more and more all the time about how gut plays a really big role here. You know, it turns out that the thyroid gland function and gut function Uh, work intimately together, specifically the microbiome or the the healthy bugs in our gut have a huge effect, not only in our brain health, but also on our thyroid health. It, uh, It turns out pretty interesting stuff. Anyways, uh, because thyroid, uh, the thyroid gland controls body temperature, it does play a role in the hot flashes of perimenopause. So I figured it was a good time to start talking about it. Also really interesting that in the early phases of perimenopause, which are quiet, quieter than the later phases of perimenopause, um, they really are about the thyroid gland under-functioning as well as the adrenal gland and really what uh, glands and what it comes down to is the fact that many of us by the time we reach the perimenopausal uh, era have spent decades essentially allowing um, stress into our lives 
And over time, that certainly affects the adrenal glands and will therefore affect the thyroid gland. It turns out that when the adrenals are in continual overdrive, uh, the body pumps the brakes on the thyroid gland in order to prevent a health emergency. So if you have stress in your life, and you allow it ongoing, not only will you have problems with your adrenal glands, but you're also going to have troubles with your thyroid gland. So hear it now if you haven't already heard me say it before. Reducing the stress in your life means that you can have healthy function of thyroid gland and adrenal glands. But if you allow stress in and continually have a stress response to things, then you really cannot guarantee that you'll have well-functioning thyroid and adrenal glands for for life. So really, really important stuff. If you want to know more about stress, go back to episode five and have a listen. There are some good uh, information there. So uh, women do ask me what common signs of thyroid disease are. And, you know, there's a, there's a great deal of them because there's so many uh, functions that need the thyroid gland. And just some, some quick ones to sort of get you thinking, could this be me? Certainly weight gain uh, without an explanation. Um, fatigue, uh, vertigo or ringing in the ears. Constipation is a big one. Heavy bleeds are another big one. Uh, history of infertility, fuzzy thinking, or brain fog. Now we're hearing more and more the term brain fog, and we know that it's complex and it involves many systems. But certainly, on the most basic level, making sure that the thyroid gland is functioning well uh, is almost your first defense, other than the gut, to making sure that your uh, brain uh, is working well and you don't have that fuzzy thinking. Insomnia connected to thyroid, uh, depression and anxiety connected to thyroid, body aches and pains, uh, specifically body pains um, of the feet, interestingly enough, connected to thyroid. So if you have ongoing foot pain, or foot pain that nobody can really solve for you, you might want to have your thyroid tested. Now, testing the thyroid is a complex thing, and everybody seems to have a different opinion about what needs to be tested in terms of the thyroid. Um, But certainly, uh, basic levels of T3, T4, free T3, free T4, uh, TPO, which is thyroid peroxidase, uh, measures whether or not you have an autoimmune response to your own tissue, your own thyroid, something called Hashimoto's thyroiditis, or Hashis for short which we're seeing more and more of. And it actually turns out that people who have an autoimmune uh, reaction to their thyroid have massive amounts of gut inflammation and antibodies related to wheat consumption present. So I'll talk about that here a little bit more in a moment, but um, definitely looking at TPO is going to tell you whether or not you're having an autoimmune response, which gives you a different way to uh, to treat a thyroid issue. And um, thyroid-stimulating hormone, or TSH, tells us whether or not the brain, the pituitary and hypothalamus, are sending the appropriate messages to the thyroid to do their function. 
So what we know is thyroid levels decrease, the brain response increases. So if the TSH level is high, then that means the brain saying, come on, thyroid, do your thing get going, get moving. But if the uh, thyroid levels are low, it means that the problem is with the thyroid and not with the brain. And it's the opposite. So one of the things that's talked about quite often with uh, thyroid is iodine and the importance of getting iodine in our diet. And uh, that is certainly true. However, it's not just about taking an iodine supplement. And I do uh, recommend that you Always work with a healthcare provider who is informed about thyroid and specifically iodine supplementation before you think about taking uh, such a thing. So please, please hear me out on that one. Um, make sure you're working with somebody, a healthcare practitioner who knows uh, intimately how iodine affects the body and also um, can monitor you while you're taking uh, the supplement as well. So one of the things that we also talk about when it comes to thyroid function is that the blood testing or serum testing for thyroid that's done in uh, traditional medicine is not a great diagnostic tool uh, simply because of the way that the testing is done, but also because there's a lot of factors, most of them hormonal, that can actually affect whether or not your thyroid levels actually show up as abnormal or normal. And uh, as someone who works with women every day with hormonal challenges, I can tell you that I would guess 80% of them have come to me saying that their medical doctor has, has tested their, their thyroid and it's normal, even though they have literally every single thyroid symptom that you can possibly have, yet someone has told them that they do not have a thyroid problem. So what we do know is that the thyroid hormones and estrogen and progesterone, but estrogen in particular, work intimately together. So if you're estrogen dominant, you will show up as normal on a thyroid test. If you are taking estrogen replacement therapy in menopause or you're taking the birth control pill, the same thing can happen. You can show up as a normal thyroid test when in fact uh, you may have all of the symptoms of thyroid dysfunction. It, I should take a moment to also let you know that when we're talking about the thyroid, thyroid function um, when it's aberrant can either be hypo thyroidism or hyperthyroidism. And hypo is far, far more common. And if you want to know more about uh, what either of those look like, please go ahead and, and um, uh, do an internet search uh, for it and see if you think that might be you. The society we live in, which is stress happens. What you can change is whether or not you react to it or whether you react to it or not, uh, whether you allow it into your life. Those are the things you have control of. You also allow your adrenal glands to function properly. When they're functioning properly, your thyroid can function properly. No soy in the diet. Soy has a powerful anti-thyroid effect, and therefore there's just simply uh, no reason to have it. 
make sure you're cooking cruciferous vegetables, which are super important for liver function, for overall health, for bone health, uh, and certainly for processing the excess estrogen that we have uh, coming into our bodies from our surroundings, from our diet, from our self-care products, etc. Um, cook them uh, slightly. What it does is uh, takes away the goitrogenic properties of some of these vegetables, which means they can be uh, damaging to the thyroid, but if you cook them, then um, that renders that uh, inert. Have your estrogen and progesterone ratio tested. If you're really struggling with troubles with your thyroid and yet you're showing up as normal thyroid, have somebody take a look at your female hormones. Um, That can give us more of a clue as to what's going on there. Make sure you're supporting good liver function with good liver foods. And, you know, there's so many of those out there. And depending on what you like and don't like, I say Google liver healthy foods and see what comes up. one that comes to mind for me is beets, which is just Mother Nature's candy when they're cooked correctly. Make sure you're also taking a selenium supplement. Uh, selenium is necessary, uh, is a necessary in the enzymatic process for thyroid hormone between the storage form and the usable form. So just make sure you're getting enough of that in your diet. Um, if we can pop back to iodine for a second. Yes, it's important to have iodine coming into the system, and it turns out that those of us uh, who live in an area of the planet known as the goiter belt means that we didn't have uh, the events in our natural history that put iodine into the soil. And so uh, those of us, again, living in that area, I'm in that area too in North America, Uh, although it does stretch around the globe. So go ahead and Google that. See if your area that you're living in is is part of the goiter belt. You need to get iodine into your diet. And the best way to do that is with natural foods. And some of probably the best natural food for iodine would be kelp or seaweed. So if you like sushi, make sure you're having sushi once a week or once or twice a week with the nori wrap. Uh, Oysters, saltwater fish, and mushrooms are also a great source of natural iodine. And mushrooms also have selenium in them as well. So can be uh, get uh, two, kill two birds with one stone, I suppose. I did mention that autoimmune thyroid disease means that most of the people that have a positive TPO or autoimmune thyroid disease or Hashimoto's uh, also have antibodies present to gluten, which comes from wheat, rye, and barley. So in order for you to have good thyroid health, you must eliminate these foods because they are an allergy or you're launching an allergic response to them. It's not a matter of reducing it. It needs to be gone entirely because even a small amount can cause a reactivity in the gut and thus the thyroid. Also, support good gut function, meaning eating healthy gut foods, fermented foods, making sure you're inoculating your gut on a regular basis with uh, a good probiotic, um, getting those good bugs in there, but also making sure that your stomach uh, can process the foods that you are eating. Uh, Turns out a lot of us have low levels of stomach acid because we're dehydrated and stressed. So super easy to fix that. Drink more water 
two to three liters a day for most of us and reduce the stress again. You might also want to add a digestive uh, enzyme to that. So I think that's a pretty good starter for thyroid. I hope this was helpful information to you. Uh, please, if you think you have a thyroid issue, rather than treating it yourself, have your primary care physician test your thyroid to see if it's functioning well. Love to hear what you have to say about this podcast and others. Uh, you may comment on the Facebook page, which is Not Your Mother's Menopause, Making Hormones Make Sense with Dr. Fiona Lovely. And uh, leave your comments there. Also, our website is drlovely.expert. Thanks for listening. The views and nutritional advice expressed by Dr. Fiona Lovely are not intended to be a substitute for conventional medical service. If you have or suspect that you have a medical problem, promptly contact your health care provider. No information offered here should be interpreted as a diagnosis of any disease, nor an attempt to treat or prevent or cure any disease or condition. As with any new advice or program, you should always contact your health care provider prior to starting anything new. Thank you.